They're like, oh, it's it's going to freezing rain overnight Monday into Tuesday, but, you yeah. know, and maybe it'll snow on Thursday just a little bit. Okay. So we're all prepared for, you know, we've drained all the pipes. We've got the lights on the, the pipes so that nothing's going to freeze. We've Yeah. yeah. I'm hauling water in buckets out to the chickens because the oh water is turned off in the yard. Oh. And it was like balmy this morning. I mean, it wasn't. It, it actually got colder during the day than it was overnight. <laughs> so I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So we have a field trip planned for Thursday. I just okay. looked at the weather. Yeah. 100% snow Thursday. Ugh. Which means that we're not going to have a field trip and I probably won't even have school. Well, at the rate y'all are going, it probably won't end up snowing. Or if it does, it'll snow very little. I know. Yeah. So yeah. I have to get the cat out of bed so that I can get out of bed because he's just <laughs> lump in my way. <laughs> I get up. I walk over there. The No. First of all, my back goes out. So then oh, my God. back's in spasm. I crawl out of bed. I'm limping towards the door to see if the light's on. The light's not on. I crawl back in bed. And half an hour later, I hear the cat clawing on my furniture, and I yell uh-huh. at him, and he doesn't stop. So I yell at him again, and he doesn't stop. So I crawl back out of bed, painfully make my way to the thing, and he's sitting on the couch going, I'm not doing it. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> so I go, all right, fine. And I see that his food, his food's in uh, automatic feeder. Oh, yeah. And I see that his food's not down in his bowl, so I shake it to to send the food down. Oh, no. I disconnect the whole thing. Now I have cat food all over the floor, all over the counter. And I'm just like, ah, F it. I just turn back to bed and crawl back in bed. I'll deal with this in the morning. At which point he ate all the food, so I didn't have to deal with it. It It's very nice. (laughs) Of course he did. And I, I figured out that what I thought was him clawing was probably rain dripping. Um. It's okay. You know, rain. It was hitting the gutter in such a way that it, it just sounded like he was clawing. I don't know. I have no uh, idea. I, I, I think you but were very tired. I am. And then, so I'm trying to type into the computer at work and my eyes are closing and I'm nodding off oh, and my boss oh, is walking around. I'm like, this is not good. Oh, honey. I'm so sorry. So yeah, this might have to be a fast podcast because I'm already yeah. half asleep. I know. I, I fear. I hear you. I'm, I'm treading water barely at this point and just. I don't know what the hell it is with this semester, but I'm just absolutely exhausted. Like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't. And I'm just so tired. Oh. And I want it to be over. And I'm trying not to panic. Mm-hmm. And one of our papers, the professor was like, look, I don't have to turn grades in until after New Year's. If you can get it, get, like, get it to be my Christmas and you'll be okay. And we're just like, thank God. <laughs> because yeah. we're just so swamped. And of course I got... The partner who doesn't do anything. Oh, that's so hard. And just, she's got stuff to deal with, and I get it, but I, she's missed like three quarters of the classes. She missed every single meeting we ever had to do anything, and I, I have to treat her like a middle schooler and be like, have you done this yet? Because I don't want to do it if she's going to end up doing it. Right. But I want it done, and I'm just like, I don't have the time to sit here and harp at you about it. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be my job. No. But it's a group project, and if you don't get it done... Yeah, then my grade is affected. Then my grade is affected. And I just... I'm tired. (laughs) I'm so tired. Oh, my God. Oh, did I tell you about bowling? No. Okay. So 
I went to a friend's house to like get out of my apartment and because I just needed some time out. And so I went to a friend's house and the view's fantastic over by her house. So that was great. But she's got a dog who like freaks out when strangers come. Mm, that's so, exciting. Oh, God, yeah. So he was growling at me the entire time, but wagging his tail. <laughs> and we're just like, what? I, I don't get this. Whatever. But he, just the whole time I was there, like, and then he totally forgot I was there in the morning. So he just started all over again. Mm-hmm. And then we went bowling the next day. So I basically didn't get anything done for like two days. Well, not quite two days. And the bowling was fun. But for the fact that I hurt in weird places, like my elbows mm-hmm. hurt. I don't know why my left elbow hurts because I'm right-handed. Balance. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> and so I'm just like, I haven't gotten stuff done and I need to get stuff done and I just, I don't care anymore, but I can't not care. Ugh. What's the other thing I was going to tell you? Oh, so Jack was missing all day today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I tell you about this already? Yes. Oh, okay. But we can tell the podcast. We can tell the podcast. So Jack was missing it and I swear I saw him when I drove my truck from the garage to the house this morning. But apparently he followed me down into the fruit room and got locked in and he was missing oh. all day. Poor baby. And then he was like, feed me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yes, I will feed you. I finally permitted myself to start listening to Christmas music. Did you? I listened, I listened to a little bit of Wizard Rock Christmas the other day. Uh, I've gotten hooked on, who are these? Um, Pentatonics. They sort of do beatboxing, acapella, a Christmas, well, and other music. Um, actually, I, I, I broke the rules through no fault of my own on Thanksgiving when I went to a friend's house because they'd already cracked out the uh, Christmas music and the tree and, and all of that. They've got a three-year-old, so. Alex, you're laying on the computer. This does not bode well. Mm. And your claws are going into my shirt. You just don't care, do you? He says, I don't really care what you want, Mom. I'm going to lay here and be in your way and try to get warm. For Saturday, April 1st, this is episode 254 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. There's something weird going on. Oh my. We need search and rescue for Skype. Well, I mean, come on. We've got two Hufflepuffs here. You could just go find them. <laughs> You've got three now. <laughs> what have you done, Alex? You're calling people. Don't call strangers. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. I... You almost have ruined Charlie to tell for me there. <laughs> oh. And I told Alex, you are not welcome in my bed with squirrel breath. Who dares enter my chamber? Can you do that again? Who dares enter my chambers? <laughs> Save yeah. that for something it totally needs to do. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I think she just replaced Scott. <laughs> Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. Yeah, Google I have food Google is always food. useful. Okay, Google food. I, have, came I was having fun. Well, that's oh. always good too. We're not fun anymore. You're a different kind of fun. You don't want it to be the same kind of fun. I was going to say, I don't want to know what kind of fun you were having. <laughs> and that's all we're going to say about that because... Because <laughs> we don't want to know what you were doing. Thanks. Now you're just making it seem even worse. <laughs> you are evil. She's just trying to separate church and state, it's all. Doing the Ryan thing. Oh, 
want to hear my stupid story? Yes. <laughs> I know you did something because you sent me a message and was like, do I have a story for you? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just broke a lot of memories and I'm thinking, oh, shit. Me, am I oversharing? <laughs> <laughs> you do like to do that. She flews the headmaster's office and Albus says, good evening, Minerva. Is there a problem? Albus, I have an unconscious Death Eater tied up in my office. Now, Minerva, I'm sure Severus was just... (laughs) (laughs) Because we were slightly off topic. Topic? Us? Never. Never. No, not at all. How dare you, Sue? How dare you? I know. We're in depth when we're not off topic. Yeah. Lockhart leaves before Harry and Ron can come out of the closet. Gave you some big brassy balls. Well, you know, we have to have balls. That's what we do. I thought I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Bloody buggering hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Bloody Merlin's galloping gargoyles. (laughs) I hate being responsible. We don't have Scott here to say this poor guy's name. Can I just call him Ben? Kakistocrat, I think his name is. Kakistocrat, okay. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the podcast of the... I have no idea what I'm saying. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the podcast of the podcast that of. No, 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 the flagship that are, that are Potter the flagship Weekly. podcast. There we go. The flagship podcast that are of Potterfic Weekly. Uh, this does not bode well for us tonight, folks. <laughs> I'm Sue. And I'm Mooney. <laughs> Wait, what was, what was it that um, Vermouth wanted us to do? Oh, um, he doesn't get our... He, he wants us to say uh, something like, hi, I'm Sue... And I'm going to talk to you here for a minute so that you can get the feel of my voice so that when you hear me later on in the podcast, you know who I am. <laughs> and then uh. you're Mooney, and you're going to talk for a minute. Okay, and Trisha's not going to be here, and Scott's not going to be here. So, well, Scott won't be a problem, because I'm sure people will be able to tell who he is when he talks. Usually. <laughs> in the in the podcast that's going out on Friday, oh, man, I might have to release that early if I'm going to go to the Yule Ball. Oh. He talks like a pirate because apparently we recorded it on Talk Like a Pirate Day. Oh, when was that? Which fic is this? Uh, the fourth one of Melinda's. I don't remember this, although I remember discussing it. Uh, uh, it's just at the very beginning. I don't know. I haven't heard it yet because mm. I didn't edit it. I just got it last night and haven't had a chance to play with it. Uh. And then um, what was the other thing? Uh, uh, well, anyhow, we are doing – oh, no, I'm going to mess it up. A fic called Dudley's Dilemma by Kakistratt. There you go. I'm sorry. I know I'm screwing up this name really badly. but And we've been calling the author a woman because most of them are. But I just found out this morning that the author is a man. So there you have it. We apologize in advance because we didn't know. We are this is why English needs gender-neutral pronouns. <laughs> we, uh... Are starting off with Dudley in pain, incredible pain, pain beyond anything he's ever known, because we last left last chapter off with him being crucioed. Crucio, 
Which one was the Crucial thick? Because mm. that's all I could think of, and as bad as that is. Crucian, Crucial. <laughs> Trisha swears that's in canon, too, but I don't think that's true. No, it's not. I don't remember which the Crucian on and off thick is. Good question. I'd have to go back and look. I think it's the one where they are in, like, the cabin in the woods, and they're stuck there. You lost me, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I think that's the one, but I don't know that for sure. Okay. So, anyhow, it you know, this curse probably only lasted a few seconds, but it seems like an eternity to him. But it's Sarah who saves him, or rather the thought of her, because... Before he can let himself shut off, he thinks of his daughter and he has to save her. So he uh, he gets through it. He then gets carried downstairs uh, on a stretcher. He kind of looks through his eyes and he's floating and he's like, the ceiling's moving. That's so weird. And then he realizes <laughs> it's because he's on a magical stretcher-like device and he's being carried downstairs. Poor Dudley. First the Dementors and now this. And and poor Sarah sob, you know. Yeah, so I guess he, he hears Sarah crying first before he loses consciousness and then wakes up to himself being taken downstairs on this magical stretcher. There are two women there. One wanted to crucio him some more, but was told that they need to be kept alive by the other woman as bait. Well, crucioing so, him won't kill him. Well, it could make him lose his mind and stuff like that. So they're only if they do it too much. Well, it sounds like she wanted to do it a lot. Yeah. The one looks like Agnes, who is the woman that supposedly was having the party, but in a few minutes we're going to see her start to change. So I'm pretty sure she's uh, polyjuiced. And they take Dudley and Sarah downstairs into this basement dungeon room. And do all magical houses have dungeons? I think they do. <laughs> or at least the evil ones. You know, you have to have somewhere to lock up the bad house elves and other beasts and muggles and everything. Speaking of muggles, did you see the video where, oh, you haven't seen Fantastic Beasts yet. But anyhow, no. it, it's not a spoiler at all. Well, I don't care. I'm pretty spoiled anyway. It's, um, I, it's Queenie. I think it's the actress that plays Queenie and then the actor that plays Jacob. And she's like, okay, have you ever played Name This Spell? And he's like, oh, yeah, all the time. And and she says, okay, what's the spell where you take away another wizard's wand? And he's like, gimme, gimme, gimme. And she's like, no. <laughs> and so they go through a bunch of different, it's like three spells. And, and he's hilarious because he, he's like, I'm a nomad. I don't know these things. Oh. He's really cute. I, I'm oh, bummed that I don't think he's going to be in any of the rest of the movies. Just because. Yeah. He's a nomad and uh, probably take him with. I can't. I can't wait to go see it. She is just the most adorable. I mean, I am totally in love with Newt. Newt is everything I strive to be in a Hufflepuff. Yeah. But Jacob is just so much fun. Yeah. He just is this wonderful character. And you can tell that they just had a really, really good time with it. Yeah. And we'll talk, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow night yeah. on the new podcast, but it's just, it's just so good. I want to see it. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of which, okay. So the little meme you put up mm -hmm. of, of Newt in the, in the little tree thing, what the heck is a Groot? So Groot is from Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. 
which I had never seen until I went to see Ryan and Danielle in Boston, and then I saw it, and it was so good. And what I know is that Jules okay, absolutely, yeah. I mean, Jules is is a Huffley Puff, is Hufflepuff around as well. <laughs> and, yeah. But I, what I know about Jules is she loves Groot. Groot was this great character, Groot's a tree character in this movie. So it's like an end? I don't know. It's a tree character. I don't know what he is okay. exactly. Okay. And so, yeah. So I knew that she would... Because um, it was adorable. It's Yeah. Oh, he is just adorable. And I knew Jules would love it, so I had to do it. Oh, I can't wait to go see it. Maybe if I go see it, it'll break my writer's block. There you go. Well, and then I'll just spend all of winter break writing. <laughs> I'll just be like, forget everything else. Do your homework. Well, obviously, I'll do my homework first. <laughs> I don't want to have to explain to my parents why I flunked out of. <laughs> no, that would be bad. Oh, man. I mean, it's not like they can do anything, do they? Hang you up by your ears. That's what I do to the kids all the time. Hang them up by their ears. Except for the ones that are getting too big. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a little big for that. I had a kid today say, I'm scared, teacher. I said, why are you scared? I'm scared at school. I said, what's scary about school? I didn't get to sleep last night. I didn't got. Oh, I didn't got to sleep last night. I said, so you're not scared. You're tired. Oh, okay. I'm tired, teacher. I said that makes more sense to me. Okay. That's so cute. They're so funny. They, you know, they just get on these things and they're like, "I'm this," and we're like, "Okay, why?" I don't know. Um, I know. I'm kind of. It's always fun when it snows while they're at school. Yeah. But I really hope it's cool it snows after <laughs> before school yeah. starts so they just cancel it all together and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Man, we haven't had a snow day in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I, I could do for a snow day. Honestly, right now, I wish they would just cancel class because it honestly feels like a waste of time to go to class. I'm just like, <laughs> I have so much other stuff to do. Can, can we just like not do this? <laughs> That's not how it works. I know, I know. And I'm paying for it, I know. But, oh, well. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so what, before I fall asleep, we get back to this fic. Yes. Yeah. So the the witches have taken them down into the dungeony basement. They've sent Dudley. They've told Dudley he has to walk over to the pool, which he's trying to do. But uh, and he and there's another shape there, but he can't quite figure it out. And the the snarly witch hisses a spell at him and sends a bright red light that's like an electrical current. So it's not really, really painful like the Curcio. It just feels like he's put his hand on a radiator or a heater. So and it's just like a there. stinging hex? Maybe. It's more like uh, you put your hand on the stove and you can't move it away kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, he gets there, but he's having trouble. And Kate's over at the pole, too. And then they... The the second witch is like, oh, the auras are going to come soon, and you can deal with them, and I'm going to watch the door, and whatever you do, don't come up. It's wise to watch out for anyone with Evan's blood, despite how diluted and filthy it might be, and we need them alive to leverage Potter, so, and preferably sane. See, this is why we're not doing Crucio on them, and she leaves, and the other witch wraps them in, wraps the whole family in chains, and then tells Dudley to stand up, and he's like, I can't stand up in all these chains. 
And she's like, do I have to do everything for you? And she casts another <laughs> spell, which lifts him up. But when it lifts him up, it like just shreds his back and it shreds Sarah's back as well on this concrete post that they're tied. Yeah. These, these witches are not kindly witches at all. Well, no, we figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. And these chains are cursed chains that get tighter and tighter and tighter. And cut off your air supply, or they just seep cold into your bones so much that you just want to go off into oblivion and unconsciousness and then death. Oh, lovely. Yes, they're they're very nice chains, you know. You Mm -hmm. don't want to be anywhere near them. So, and the witch says that she's pretty much been trying to find them, someone like them for the last 10 years because they've been after Potter. Did they not know that Dursleys existed? Uh, apparently not. And they think they're just a family of muggles. They have no idea that Sarah's magical, which is which is good because that's the only way they get out of this, I think. Um, so they haven't done their homework. No, no. So they're obviously not Slytherins. They're kind of crazy. They will get it too. So Sarah's coughing and crying and, and having a terrible time and the witch gets mad and silencios her. And, you know, calls them, it says they breed like cockroaches and they dilute the pure blood, blood and, you know, and she's but asking Dudley that questions. That part doesn't make sense. No, but they don't understand that. To them, pure blood, it needs to be pure no matter that when you're, you're mixing pure blood and pure blood and pure blood together, you're going to start getting impurity because you're going to start breeding in all these terrible no, things. No, but I mean, if they're thinking they're muggles, mm-hmm. then they're obviously got no magic in them. Ergo, they're right. not breeding with the... <laughs> but the Evanses did... The Evanses... Oh, they, they specifically then, yes, yes. Yes, that's what... I wasn't sure if they meant, like, muggles in general. I was like, I don't get this. Yeah. And, okay. And she's, you know, she's asking him questions that he's got he's got no answer to. And she, all of a sudden she's like, you don't know, do you? You don't know what we do for you. We protect you. We protect you from dragons and vampires and werewolves and giants and grindelows and demons and pixies and all kinds of magical beasts that you've never even heard of. We protect you from magic. I should just kill you, kill you all. And she's just like, ah. And that part confused me too. Obviously, I'm half asleep right now. But so, are they saying then that they keep like the likes of Voldemort and so on from coming after them, or what? Are, what were they? No, they're basically saying that witches and wizards, through their magic, keep the Muggleborns from realizing that there's magic in the world. So they take care of the Ministry of Magic or the the wizards or whoever. Yeah. Make sure that the giants, if the giants do go rampaging through, you know, London, that yeah. they go in and take care of them and modify minds so nobody knows. Mm. And they keep, you know, they do their best to keep the giants yeah. away. And there's, you know, the dragons are all on dragon reserves so that they're not bothering people and yeah. all of okay. that stuff. So basically they yeah. just keep the magical stuff away from the muggles is the plan. Yeah, kill, um, killing all the muggles is bad, dear. Then you'd all be inbred, and it would just it would, it would be bad. It would be yeah. very, very bad. Although the, you could then, I suppose, go have kids with other purebloods that aren't in England. 
Yeah, but pretty Which soon. then brings up the question of how the heck the American wizarding community has survived if it's as small as it's painted to be. Right, and and they have nothing to do with no matches. Right. You know, they're not even so, allowed to talk to them kind of a no. thing. No. So either they've all gone abroad and done, you know, like the 1800s rich Americans with no titles did and went and married British people mm-hmm. with no money but titles or yeah what because when did when did it get enacted 1790 oh, and I it didn't get repealed ideas. until 1962 or 65 so that's two no 170 years i don't even know yeah you just there, there wouldn't it, it, <laughs> joe <laughs> joe this makes no sense yeah well so this witch is just working herself up and working herself up, and she's just like, I should remove the problem. I should just kill you all. Oh, but wait, that's what I'm doing. But first, we must kill all the mudbloods and half-bloods and purebloods. Anyone, anyone not worthy to wage war on muggles in your filthy blood. <laughs> kill all that. the purebloods. We have to kill the champion. We must kill Harry Potter. And Dudley screams. Wait, 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 wait. So this lady... Mm-hmm. Wants to kill everybody and leave like the diehard purebloods yep. who are already inbred. Yep. Like, <laughs> well, we already know she's insane. So I know, I, mean, I know. That's part of the Im- the inbreeding, they don't know. They, did, do they not have genetics in the wizarding world? Apparently not. Why they? So she, you know, crackles with energy and she says, "I am Barista Fang, and it's too late to stop us." What? Dudley's like, you'll never get him. <laughs> and that's what you think so you have. And then you hear this magically enhanced voice of Harry Potter. We know you're in there. Come out with your hands up and your wands away. Leave the hostages untouched. There will be repercussions otherwise. The Or squad is prepared to advance. And Dudley's like, Harry. And Okay. So the orders have arrived, mm-hmm. and we're going on to chapter 26. Yes. And we don't see them for, like, four chapters. No, no. This is all centered on Dudley and family. So what the hell are they doing for four chapters? Well, they're trying to uh, talk with this witch that's out in the front yard and figure out how to get him out. And, you know, if you know anything about our police department, if there's yeah, a I hostage si- situation... They spend a whole lot of time setting up and posturing and attempting to communicate with the hostage takers to have a good outcome. Can't they just, like, stun the lady? Apparently not. She's got some big spells up that we'll get to in a little bit. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if I missed something listening to it because I went from Dudley and them getting out of the house, getting, you know, stuff, and then two explosions and magical wards and all that stuff. And I was like, how did I jump from here to there? But it was like I turned off the iPod for a minute and then turned it back on, and that happened. So I don't know if I, like, skipped ahead or what. So I'll have to catch up with that when we get to those chapters. Yeah, you might not have because it kind of yeah, it might just be really skips a little bit, yeah. So... Suddenly, Sarah starts making sounds again. So the silencio has worn off, and Dudley's trying. Apparently, to talk to an her. inept witch. This one. Well, I think once you leave the area, it kind of does, but I don't know that for sure. And Sarah says, "Yeah, but Daddy, everything hurts. My lungs, my throat, my back. Oh, my back hurts so bad." 
And that's because, you know, her back is like hamburger. Poor kid. And he's, you know, you feel for Dudley because he is a good father, you know, and he's, he wants to protect his kid and there's no way he can do this right now. And he's trying everything he can to calm his daughter down who's getting hysterical. And he's just, you know, you got to be strong for your daddy. Don't cry. Don't cough. We're going to be okay. And she starts to calm down. And then Kate says, Dudley? And he's forgot, you know, kind of forgot she's there. Mommy, yeah. are you awake? Kate? Yes, I'm awake. But I wish I wasn't. I just want to sleep. I don't want to wake up. And he's like, no, no, Kate, you got to stay awake. Talk to us. Talk to Sarah. Because the magic is pulling her down, and if she falls asleep, she's not going to wake up. And so... This is some creepy magic. Oh, it's creepy magic, yeah. You know, and he's trying everything. Stay awake, stay with me, you have to stay awake for Sarah and for Dustin. Dustin, and then he just thinks about it. Oh my goodness, Dustin's going to be an orphan. He's going to be like Harry, only he's going to have other people that would take him, unlike Harry. And that kind of gives him, well, and then he starts thinking, you know, this is all my fault. I shouldn't have ignored the fear in your voice. I shouldn't have brought Sarah. I shouldn't have told Harry. Harry. It's all my fault. I know. Oh, oh, so I was like this because you listen to this too. I was listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I listened to that in ages, but yeah. One of the questions was, they did a study and there's something that people say that's not true like 90% of the time. What is it? And it's, I'm fine. And I was like, hey, they know Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yep, yep. So it was funny. Yeah. I thought of you. I mean, on the other hand, Dudley has a point. They are not at all genre savvy. Mm -hmm. But in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But yeah, I'm fine. fine. So Does that too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I should have listened to you. I shouldn't have come. It's all my fault. And that kind of kicks Kate in the butt. And Kate's like, come on, let's get out of here. And and I'm going to push out and you suck in your stomach and you wiggle out, which they don't understand that anytime they move, the chains get tighter. Oh, and muggles. So he tries and she tries and then it's like, okay, let's not do this again. And then... They're, you know, they're doing this stuff and then, Daddy, help, I slip, crunch, I slipped out. <laughs> and he's like, oh, cool, magic, like this magic stuff, man. And we move to the next chapter. How is it that they left the wand there? I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, I don't know either. So Sarah's like, I slipped out. I better get back in. The witch is going to be mad. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> no, don't do this, no. no, no, no. And then Dudley, and you know, Dudley reacts really strongly like you do in any situation where you're scared, you react with anger or, or shouting and, you know, it's always, you always sound scared or meaner than you really are. And, you know, Kate's like, what's going on? Is Sarah okay? Cause she can't see what's going on. And he's yeah. like, yeah, everything's good. Okay. Let's get us out of here. And they decide that Sarah probably shouldn't try to go wander around alone because it's probably all booby trapped. The smartest thing they've had to think about. Mm-hmm. And then Dudley sees this wand. So he's like, hey, there's a wand over there. Go get that wand. Uh, no, no, Dudley, Dudley, you don't. Oh, God. You know. And she's like, it feels dirty and slimy, even though I can't see it. 
So she's this kid's like full of magical magical detectors and stuff like that. She's she's a very strong witch, even as young as she is. Kind of reminds you of um Tom Riddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well here we go. Dudley, Dudley, are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> So they're trying to come up with a spell for Sarah to use, and they don't know anything about spells. Have they not? Can she not use her sort of childish, wandless magic to do stuff? Well, yeah, but they're not thinking about that right now because she's been using childless, wandless magic for a while now. That's how she got out of the chains in the first place. But, you know, they don't think that's going to be powerful enough. Nobody has any idea how powerful this kid really is. So they think she needs a wand, and they she, they think she needs a spell. But what they somebody don't know... Need, somebody needs to explain all of God. Yeah, but what they don't know is that just saying the magic word and waving the wand around doesn't do any good. you got to no. have a special wand movement. So they try decanto. and That sounds like something you would do to wine. Yeah. And so she picks up the the wand and she starts, you know, she really, she, she closes her eyes and she concentrates and like this breeze starts blowing around the room and Dudley's like, this is going to work. And she goes, Decanto! And she's like in a lunge and, <laughs> and Dudley's it's closing his eyes and kid. nothing's happening and it's just like, okay. And she's like, I can't do it. And he's like, it's okay. Try it again. Just try again. Kate's like, you can do this. But and it's not <laughs> here you go. It's not discanto. It's, it's, it's Livia yeah. yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. I love this little this little nod right here. Well no wonder no one can stand. This is a nightmare, honestly. Uh-huh. And so that's not gonna work. And well, there's Scourgeify, but that's for spills. That's not gonna do any good. And then Sarah's concentrating and she's like, Well, there's a rhyme that Albus taught me when we were kids, and it's all about different spells. So, make baddies fly, you stupefy, and... I thought stupefy was stunning. Yeah, but when you stun them, they usually fly backwards. Well, I guess. In the movies, anyhow. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, wait, I, there, I got one. And if you want to destructo, upward flick, and he's like, wait, no! And she's like... Upward flick, use reducto, and here comes this big old blast of magic, and it hits them, and like there's there's uh, dust all over the place, and everything, and and she thinks she's killed them because she can't see through all the dust that she's blown off part of this post, and they can't breathe and everything, and finally, oh like, my oh, god, no, I, I killed I killed, them. I killed my mommy and my daddy. This poor little kid. Oh, my God. But it's blown away one link in the chain. After all that, and there's only one good lord. But, yeah, well, it was a magical chain, so, you know. Yeah. And so they're like, Kate, let's get out. Struggle. There's a... I thought struggling was bad. But because there's a link in the chain missing, there's a way to get out. There's like a soft Uh spot. Yeah. And so they, you know, they're able to wiggle themselves free. And then the chain just sort of wraps around itself and wraps around and wraps around until it pretty much just disappears. Okay. And then they turn and face the door. Yes. And we move to the next chapter. And so, and Dudley's broken his arm, his shoulder. He knows it's a broken, 
I love this somewhere in this chapter that's coming up next. He's like, he's had broken bones before, so he knows that it's just a straight stretch fracture. It's not a bunch of little multiple breaks. And I'm like, oh my I'm glad that Dudley knows his body well enough to understand that. That was good. <laughs> and, you know, if you're a wrestler, you might have that kind of a, a thing where you can do that. Uh, I'm surprised Harry doesn't know that. Yeah, well, Harry doesn't. Harry doesn't break a lot of bones. He just does other things. He just loses his bones. But that was only once. Oh, all right. So Kate's like, oh, you're back. And then they see, and he's seen her, Sarah's back, and he knows it's just like cut to ribbons. And his back looks the same. And Kate's not seen either of these. So she's like totally appalled when she sees it. And, you know, Kate's back's pretty much protected by her jacket. So she didn't have all this stuff going on. Mm, No. And, but they, they've got to press on and they've figured out that they've got to get out the door. There's no locks on it. They don't know about magic. So Kate's the one that is in the best shape. So she's going to try it, but they're all terrified that the minute she touches it, there's going to be some sort of trap. So she, she goes up and she just gets incrementally closer and closer and she finally just touches it and they all freeze and nothing happens. And so she pushes on the door and she pushes and that doesn't work. And she sits on the floor and pushes and that doesn't work. And Dudley tries even with his broken arm because he's bigger. Can't they start tossing stuff at it? That doesn't work. So they, they call Sarah over. Come help, Sarah. You know, just add your weight. And so Sarah, or Sarah actually Sarah says, let me help. And they're like, no, you're not big enough. And the door just magically opens because it's set to open for magical people. And they're like, oh, that was too easy. <laughs> and so, It's like the story about the, the giant turnip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, they all have to try together kind of a thing. And then the little, uh, what is it? The little thing that comes in helps at the end is it just a bird or a bug i think it's a mouse a mouse that's it i have that book here but oh yeah not close enough i could hunt it up so they sarah's back is really really bad so kate gives sarah her skirt to kind of put on her back i'm amused by the fact that she's wearing trousers and a skirt Mm -hmm. except that she says pants so i'm imagining she's wearing boxers which is not what they're supposed to mean but that's true so now I'm imagining I'm running around in boxers. <laughs> okay, you do that. <laughs> so Sarah has, you know, she's got the adrenaline and the magic flowing through her. So here comes Dudley. He can barely walk because every step he takes sends shooting pain through his arm oh, and his geez. back. And her back should hurt like crazy, but she's she's got too much adrenaline going through her right now. And so she's, like, skipping up the stairs, and Kate's got, you know. Okay, let's just, just see. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of scary. Uh-huh. And Dudley's trying to get up the stairs, and she goes up a little ways and then stops and waits for them to catch up. And then she goes up a little ways and starts. And finally, the adrenaline, adrenaline starts in Dudley as well. And, uh, Don't you have to sort of be in fight or flight mode for the adrenaline to start? Well, they're pretty much in flight mode at this point. They're trying to That's get out. Close. So, and they're, these stairs are really deep and high. Yeah. So they're like designed for people two or three feet taller. So I imagine they're designed for, you know, I don't know what beast that would be because giants would be too big, but pretty big. Yeah. And Kate's going up the stairs and finally she's like, Hey, there's a, there's a sticky step here. It's sticky and yucky. Don't step on this one. You got to go over it like this. And she jumps over it. 
And Dudley's like, what are you talking about? Because it looks exactly like all the other ones. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with it. And she's like, look, I'll show you. And she gets some dust and rocks off the step and she drops it and it just adheres. And they're like, oh, magic step. Okay, we need to not do this one. (laughs) God, they'd be dead without this kid. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and they acknowledge her. And then Dudley has to take this great big step and Kate should be like shoving his bum from behind, but she doesn't. Yeah. He he gets himself up there, but it hurts. And he's got to take a minute after that. And uh, pretty soon, and Sarah bounces up the stairs again. Do, 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 you know, hey, I found the door. And they're like, yay, but don't go through it. Wait for us. And they get up there. And then she says, there's this guy sitting here on this step and we can't go through, you know, we can't get through it. Can't and go through him. Can't go over it. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. Guess we'll have to go through it. Um, and Kate just loses it at this point. You know, she starts giggling hysterically and Sarah starts pouting because her mother doesn't believe her. And it's not that her mother doesn't believe That's her. That's not why she's laughing, her, kid. Yeah. She's going into shock. Yeah. Basically. I can't remember what this is. It's like a Grindy Low or something like that that's embedded in the step. And it's small enough that the adults can get over it, but that it's going to get a hold of Sarah. So pick her up. So they have to, like, Kate's going to shove her and Deadly's going to get one step above and grab a hold of her from the other side and pull her. Which works just great, except for that the Grindy Low gets a hold of her, too. Yeah, oops. And starts pulling on her and they have a wee bit of a tug of wear. But finally, finally they make it. And Sarah has something very profound to say here. (laughs) Her mother realizes that she's going to have to, you know, touch her back and stuff to get her up over the the step. And it's going to hurt. And she says, Uncle Harry once said that pain for a good thing is the start of courage. And Dudley's like, Harry said that? (laughs) And she says, well, not really, but that's what he meant. Harry would know. Yeah, Harry would. Harry would know. So they they do one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and yeah, four to go. Oops. And yeah, Dudley's got her, and then she's pulled back, and she screams in terror and grabs a hold, and finally they they get him, you know, and he grabs her with his bad arm, and he pulls her up, but then he's starting to black out because he's used his broken arm, and he's in pain. Mm-hmm. These guys in pain. Yeah. And he, he blocks out for a couple of seconds and she's like, daddy, daddy, wake up. Daddy, you gotta wake. You gotta stay awake. Just I'll try. She says, promise. He's like, okay, promise. Okay. like, oh good. You're okay. And they, they find that the door wasn't locked on. This one's not locked because Dudley hitting his head on it actually bonks it open a little bit. (laughs) Lovely. Yeah. And so they're they're going into this room that's got this lux, luscious, luxurious, there we go, purple rug. And it's, you know, this is the living section of the mansion. So they don't think there's going to be as many booby traps. But you never know because somebody in Dudley's insurance thing set a bear trap for intruders and forgot it was there and stepped in it and almost lost his foot or his leg. Oops. So. You know, they could have traps set up in the house, but he doesn't yeah. think there's going to be that many. And there's, you know, everything's dusty and cobwebby. And, and this is kind of a neat little passage. It says that the ceiling's maybe 12 feet high and everything above about six feet is thick with cobwebs. So it looks like somebody that was six feet tall just kind of walked around the room and, and knocked out all the 
cobwebs that they could reach, and then anything above it just left. I'm trying to imagine something that's six feet tall. Well, it could be. These women could be that tall. I suppose, yeah. With their arms up. It could be like CJ. Yeah, with their arms up or something, you know. Yeah. And there's a fireplace and stuff like that, and everything's just covered in dust, and there's this bookcase, and it's just, it's got these evil, evil books in it. They're so evil, Dudley knows they're evil. (laughs) And, you know, they're disturbing and terrifying to him, and... They're like first editions, and he knows that they're they're awful, and he's just like, "Come on, we got to get out of here." And I love then, how we go from Jekyll and Hyde to Nietzsche. <laughs> and then there's this muffled voice, "Hello, oh dear," and they freeze. Miss Fang, Miss Fang, Miss Fang, you need to clean me. You need to clean this room. This is my finest frame, and I cannot see your most beautiful face. I can't even tell if you're my favorite six times great granddaughter or if you're perhaps that other woman. And, you know, she's trying to get them to clean him so he can see. And they're like trying to, you know, they're silently communicating to get out, get out. And they, uh, Dudley shoves the door open and, and they run for it. But just as they do, this guy bursts into the frame in the hallway outside the door. And he's like, intruders, Miss Fang, intruder, Miss Fang, Miss Fang. And he's like, run. <laughs> and here we have our flight or fight. And so. I love how nobody's got the kid, I don't think. Well, she's staying right behind him as they run. Uh, yeah. Uh, For the, how long? <laughs> the hall is long and narrow and Katie and Sarah have to follow behind him. And they're going and, and but he's got to go through all the portraits and. He's tripping over different things and stuff like that. And they finally make it into this other room and the portrait's trying to scream. And he. It uh, took me a second to realize we were talking about portraits. And so all of a sudden I'm reading this and all, all I, I see is the old man suddenly lost his lead and crashed into an old lady riding a cow. And I'm just like, how did an old lady riding a cow get into the house? <laughs> Miss Fang! <laughs> They get into this room and Dorian Gray, who's the portrait, of course, comes in and he's still screaming. But Kate pulls the curtains over him and muffles him. Oh, finally. So and here we're going to go on a tangent again, because this is not this is time sensitive. So by the time this podcast comes out, it's not going to work. But Friday this week, Friday. Yeah. Barnes and Noble is having Yule balls. All the Barnes and Nobles are having Yule balls. And I was like, I don't want to go to the Yule Ball. I have to dress up. I don't want to dress up. Eh. But it says you can come as your favorite character. So I can wear my robes if I want. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to just dress really nice, as nice as I know how to dress. And yeah. I'm going to go as a portrait. I'm going to put oh. a frame around my neck again and just go as a portrait. I think that will be fun. Okay. So I think that's what I'm going to do. Unless I get lazy and then I'm just going to wear my robes again. Well, you could go as the portrait of Professor Sprout. Ooh, ooh! I could go as Professor Sprout. I haven't done that in a while, and I have that. I've done that before. Okay. And I could take hat. Yeah. That's good. And I could go as the professor, the portrait of Professor Sprout. I'm gonna have to think about that. That's a good call. Okay, so that's oh, okay. the plan right now. Yay. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. I know it's April, so this excuse is silly. But I didn't go to the Yule Ball because we got snow, and the roads weren't safe to go up over the hill into Portland to go. So, no Yule Ball, no Professor Sprout costume, but it was a really good idea. 
wish I'd gone. So then we sort of look out the window and there's oars. Let's see. There's this, you know, it's almost dusk. The sun is fading. There's, you know, lights exploding like hexes. The oars are scrambling for cover. There's a, a slowly rotating diesel transportation truck with its tank ruptured and oh, gasoline spewing and igniting all over the place. So they've come out of hell and now they're in hell, a different kind of hell. They've just. Yeah. That's and, going to be a lot of memory charms. Yeah. And the oars are spewing spells at the house and all of this stuff. And here is Barista Fang. She's dancing in front of the window. Dudley shrinks back in terror because he's looking out the window. But her back's to him and she's got no idea he's there. And, you know, she releases a spell and this car. Oh, so she's. She sees a Rolls Royce and she, Akio Rolls Royce. And here it comes and it just about flattens a bunch <laughs> of oars and it bounces through her yard. And yeah, this lady's absolutely crazy as crazy can be. Oh, that's going to be an insurance claim. Nobody's going to believe. Yeah. So this barmy lady with a stick. She called my guard. It came good. Yeah. <laughs> so then she's, uh, you know, and she's like, I love this with the enthusiasm of a sadistic child. She plays her trump card and she incendios the tanker truck. Oh, God. And it starts to explode. And then she sort of freezes it. And the oars look at each other because they're expecting an explosion and it doesn't happen. And she says, the gig is up. You know, I'll release my magic if you guys try to erect delay hexes around the truck. Harry Potter, arise. And Dudley's like, don't do it, Harry. Don't do it. And she's like, I can release this spell and you might, you know, save yourself, but a bunch of you are going to die. And Dudley's like, don't, don't do it. Come forward. And the orders are like, don't do it, Harry. <laughs> and, you know, this isn't funny, but it is. I know. And then she says, and he stands up and he's trying to talk to her. And then she tells him that she's got the, the family in the basement. And then Harry drops his, you know, launch. He he says, you're you're not Voldemort. And she's like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be him. You're not a Death Eater then? No. You know, for the, and she says, Harry Potter, for the damnation of pure blood race and destruction, I condemn you to death. And he's like, you are mad. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, the, and then she says that, you know, she's got them. And Dudley's like, he's like, should I wave at him and let him know that I'm... No, don't distract him. Yeah, but he needs to, you know, he needs to let Harry know that he's, that they're at least out of the basement because she's told him that he's, she's trained him up and told him about the chain and... Wait, wait, wait. hold so, on. Did we skip the part where she's going on and on about how she's not a pureblood and blah, 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 blah? She's not a pureblood? I'm I sure don't know. Pure, pure hold blood. on. That the thing where she's like, "I'm glad I'm not Voldemort," and Harry's all like, "The pure blood blaze," and da da da. How does it go? Uh, You're no Voldemort, and I'm glad of it. I would never wish to right. be cursed with such pathetically earthly ambitions. 
But then he was like, but then she just cackled at his accusation. I am complimented that you think me so exalted. She laughed like a malicious reader reveling in the dramatic irony. But I am not so pure. I am no more than a keeper of true purity, a warden of the clean. I stand here today only because I am not pure, nor was my mother, nor hers, nor hers before her, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, hmm. I don't know. What? <laughs> Maybe she's saying she's unclean because... Her blood's her pure blood's been mixed with that of Muggles, and that's why she's so mad. So she's basically like Voldemort. Yeah, basically she's because up until uh, because she just said she's glad she's not Voldemort. How did it? How did it go? Right. But what she's saying is, so Voldemort hid that he wasn't pure, and what she's uh. saying is, is that the reason that she's so mad at Harry and the rest of them is that. Because they embrace the muggles and allow them to interbreed, then her blood, which should be pure, is no longer pure. It's been tainted. And so she is here to fix this wrong and destroy the muggle-borns and half-bloods and all of that so that the wizarding blood will go back to being, being pure. I think that's how it's supposed to work. Okay. That makes sense to me. We'll have to ask the author. Okay. He said he'd answer questions, so. <laughs> but, but, well, but the genetics don't work, God. <laughs> you guys. Don't, don't think about it too much, Mooney. You know too much about that kind of stuff. Just don't even think about it. Just let it uh, go. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So Dudley decides that she tells Harry about what this chain is doing, the Infinis mm. chain. Mm-hmm. And what it's doing. And Harry drops his wand because he wants to save him. And she says, you probably saved two of them, but that fat one, Dudley, she doesn't know his name, but Dudley's mm-hmm. not. He won't survive because he's too big. And so Dudley decides that he's got to let Harry know that he's okay. So he stands up and starts heading out the, to the front door. And Kate's like, what's going on? Is everything okay? And he's like, stay here. You know, she's like. I, I'm sure that that fat one couldn't survive under that incredible pressure. And as she says that, Dudley, like, opens Hi. the door. Yeah. Uh. And there's a collective gasp from the oars, and Barista turns with rage on her face. Surprise! Then she... And now that she's distracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now screens run, and... Hundreds of hexes, so they've got a lot of oars here, all timed perfectly, slam into the side of the house, and now the magical barrier is down, and Harry barely dives to the ground in time as the truck explodes, and there's a deafening explosion. In Wait, everything. why is the truck exploding? Because she has wrapped this in this this magical, uh, what's the word I want? You know, so that she set the truck off. It started to explode. She's wrapped right, in she's, magic. So that, right. So then she gets knocked to the ground by all these hexes that go. So that releases oh, the magic. Right. That's and right. now it explodes. It's not that they... They didn't do anything but knock okay. her I was down. like, what did they do? No, because they knocked her down. That's what happened. Okay. And... But she's fast. She leaps back up on her feet and she's hissing like a spider. This lady's like scary. She's scary. Yeah, she is. This lady is very scary. But Kate, who doesn't ever listen to, you know, she's her own woman and she's not going to listen to Dudley when he says, stay here. He's going to get you killed. She jumps out and she ends up breaking the wand. She steps on it and breaks it in half, which just freaks Barista out. Wait, did she jump? Okay. Yeah. I think I missed that part. She steps on it. Kate, it says... 
Her momentum carried her form forward. No, but how did she get to the point where she could? She Brista dropped her wand and then Kate stepped on it. Or how did I totally miss that? Um. Yeah, she's yeah. grabbing at her wand. So Brista um loses her wand when she gets knocked over, uh. and Kate steps on it and breaks it in half. Well, that works. And then Brista comes up with the halves of her wand held delicately. In her hands. And she's making strange noises. And she's like, Muggles and defilers, by the divine power or my own, you shall feel hellfire. And she releases Fiendfire at the house and at the orb. With a broken wand. Well, yeah, it's even better this way because there's no control now. But and she shouldn't be able to do... Oh. No, all I can think of is with hellfire, have you seen... The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Disney version. No. Okay. Well, there's a song in it sung by the priest or whatever the heck he is about this gypsy Esmeralda who's tempting him to hell. And it's for a Disney movie. It is the creepiest thing. (laughs) Disney movies are creepy. Well, this one's like even worse because it's so it's this guy in a church, you know, with the whole mea culpa. So there's like guys in hoods, red hoods, chanting mea culpa, mea culpa, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. Catholic chants. And he's singing about this gypsy who's been tempting him and how either she needs to give in to him or she's going to hell for being this like heathen temptress. But the imagery is just her like. You know, the flames sort of make the shape, her shape, and then she's all being consumed by flame. It's just, just, just this more terrifying thing. And the song is called Hellfire. And so I'm just imagining this, like, inferno. It was, oh, my God. <laughs> Beata Maria, you know I'm so much purer than the common vulgar weak licentious crowd. Then tell me, Maria... Why I see her dancing there, why her smoldering eyes still scorch my soul. I feel her, I see her, the sun caught in her raven hair. <laughs> and so I've got like this music going through my head as I'm reading them. It's just like, this is just making it worse. <laughs> There's like some like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, crazy lady like burning, you know, muggles and bars and oh my God. And all Dudley can think of is his daughter. And he rushes into the house. His shoulder no longer bothering him. And you know, no. his mind is, he's completely on animal instinct. And he can hear Sarah hyperventilating. There's all these orange and red, which is spelled wrong, dragons mm-hmm. and chimeras and everything okay, around Okay, this her. lady is scary. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you even, I don't, oh my God. And without any thought of his safety, he charges into the wall of flame and they grab his arms and legs and he roars in anger and he falls down and he gets up again and he's trying to get to her and suddenly she's in his arms and she's sobbing and screaming and the fire's licking around his ankles, but he just keeps running. Oh God, oh God. And he decides that he's going to run through the wall of the building because it's already, you know, on fire and decaying and he Wait. should be able to get through it, right? Why doesn't he turn around and go back out? I think because the fire's more strongly behind him. Oh, okay. I don't know. And he hits it and he's on the ground <laughs> because he doesn't make no it No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Oops. And uh, so, you know, and he's got Sarah below him 
and he hears yelling and screaming and it's mostly her and then there's a second jet of spells and he's driven through the wall like a nail sarah yanked along and then they're rolling rolling down the steep grassy slope oh my god and he says well that's not a bad heaven (laughs) oh my goodness and we go on to the last chapter because the very last chapter uh the one that's after this is an epilogue so now they're in basically a ministry ambulance staring at each other they're draped in this sheet or towel that's supposed to, oh, excuse me, it's a blanket, a pale green blanket <laughs> that is supposed to be the latest in magical remedies to heal almost any wound without the presence of an actual healer. Wait, sir, are they sitting there sans clothes at this point? Because I don't think it would do any good through clothes. Yeah, well, they've probably got a little something on, but yeah, most of it's not. Um, Kate's received the least, so she's just got a light green patch. The size of a towel <laughs> on her arm. Um, um, that's a pretty damn big towel. Sarah is absolutely unharmed. The wounds on her back seems to have closed and cauterized by the flames. Um, she's okay. That wait, wait, what? Mostly unhurt. No, I got that part. Okay. So um, that's kind of frightening, but okay. So the author has is said in this chapter and in the last chapter that they have an idea for a, uh, for another story. Yeah. And if there's uh, enough interest, they'll write it. Yeah. And I have actually read that one as well. And so what happens here with Sarah really ties into what's going to happen in the next one. You mean her magic? Her magic and the fiend fire. Ah. She, she's going to develop this affinity for the fiend fire. Ah, oh dear. The last thing we need. (laughs) But the horror is just attributed to underage magic, you know. Mm. Her underage magic must have saved her and healed her. Yeah. And then we have Dusty. uh, Dusty. Dusty. Dudley, who, you know, has just been through heck. He's got this thing draped over him, and it feels like... Long filed nails are slowly being slid across his injuries. And wherever he hurts, there's this, you know, unpleasant school nurse digging her fingers into his wounds. And he wants sedation or relief, but he just can't bring it. And suddenly Harry plops down next to him. And he's like... I said it before, and I'll say it again, but I've had enough trouble to last a lifetime. Uh Uh-huh. And there's no sign of the other witch, because there were two of them. And they found Agnes, who was down in the dungeon, but the fiend fire took away all the oxygen, so she suffocated. At least it was quick. Yeah. And and Harry's just telling him this, and Sarah's like, stop! (laughs) She's getting all freaked out, and Kate's like... Too much information. TMI, Harry, TMI. Sorry. And then we find out that the witch that they arrested was the muggle man from next door. What? And he was polyjuiced. And, you know, he just kept saying, I'm not her. I'm not her. And so she has escaped. Of course she has. Tie into the next story as well. Wait, wait, wait. The the other lady? Because one of them did. So one of them got burned to a crisp. One of them, Agnes died of oxygen right. deprivation. The one with the broken wand has escaped. She, okay, but the other lady burned to a crisp. I guess. I don't remember that part. 
they found somebody, but they said they couldn't find the second witch. But anyhow, yeah. Barista's gone. Okay. Barista's gotten gotten loose. So, um, and poor, uh, it's a D. I can never remember the brother's name. Why Dustin. Do, Dustin. See, Dusty. That's where I got Dusty. Dusty, from. yes. <clears throat> poor Although, Dustin. Ron did call Creature that once. Has, it's true, has been uh, pulled out of class and not told what's going on, but is put in protective custody. And then they finally told him what was going on and told him that his family was safe and that he's going to now be under ministry watch. All of you are. And, you know, we'll just talk to you once a month to make sure you haven't felt threatened. And and Dudley's like... (laughs) You know, or seen anything out of the ordinary. And they're like, besides the witches and, that are going to be following us? And he's like, oh, you won't see them. They're too good. And Deadly's like, yeah, right. Well, they, they okay. were pretty damn good. Harry had no idea he was being followed until Madungus was stupid. Right. So then he says, well, can't you, like, magically trace this witch? Nope. And Harry says, well, it's, you know, and this is kind of a cool part, too. It's like oil. Anytime you do uh, a spell, you leave like this oily residue. So yes, we could track it, except for it's highly flammable. And guess what? She just burned every trace of herself away and nobody knows what we're looking for now. So, and that's part of the reason... I'm just going to nod smile because my brain does not get this right now. (laughs) And that's part of the reason the house went up so fast was because the fire fed on all the magic. Mm. So... And yeah, they don't, they don't know if they're going to find her or not, but they're going to protect the family and they're going to keep looking. So, and you know, rescuing the family wasn't meaningless. It was obviously important and we're happy you're safe, but this is, you know, and some people are born and choose evil and some people choose good and the, you know, civilians or me and Kate and Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. And Dudley's trying to explain to him about the books that he saw, mm. that they were first editions and that they were priceless and that they mm. were evil, evil, evil. And Harry well, a, doesn't understand. Well, it's a good that they're gone because they were evil. Mm-hmm. Never mind the first editions. Yeah. And, and Harry talks about the fact that they're, you know, we have among us a hero. And Dudley's like, yeah, you're a hero, right? And Not Harry's me. Like, <laughs> Sarah's like, he's talking about you, Daddy. Dudley's like, what do you mean? I'm not a hero. I'm a hostage. I could only, I only got out of there with your help, and I was a burden because of my shoulder. I'm not a hero. Oh, God. He's like, Harry. Yeah, I know. And Harry's like, well, your wife would disagree with you, and your daughter would disagree with you, and I disagree with you. <laughs> so, yeah, we are all heroes. There we go. That kind of makes him feel a little better. And Kate tells Dudley, you've always been my hero. And Sarah's like, me too, Daddy. Uh, and that kind of makes him feel a little better. And uh, Harry says, yeah, well, you and I are going to have a long time to make everything nice and level between the two of us again. And Dudley <laughs> groans. And then Harry says, I have a proposal. How about you tech it with the healers and we'll send you back home. I'll hand this case over to my new investigators and we'll take a vacation. How about that? Um, He's like, I like this idea. And so they get trundled off in the ambulance. Oh, I wonder where they'll go. Yeah, I know. We don't get to see that. No. So then we go to a couple of years later 
And Dudley's sitting alone in a bench at King's Cross Station, waiting for the family to show up. It's the 1st of September, and he's got a newspaper in front of him, but he's not really reading it. He's just kind of watching people. And it's Sarah's first year, so she's very excited that she's going off to Hogwarts. And uh, Dudley's sort of people-watching. And he's yeah. seeing all these people that now he knows are wizards, but he never would have yeah. pegged them for wizards before. And he's like, yeah. you know, how could I not have figured this out? Uh, because muggles tend not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, wow, there's a lot of people. And he hears dad and he looks up and he thinks it's Dustin's voice. And then he hears dad. Is that Sarah? And, you know, all these kids are going through with their families and he's not going to find his family. And then all of a sudden they're like, Dudley. He's like, how long have you been here? And Sarah's like, 10 minutes. No, not really. But you're funny because you're just not paying any attention to us. No. And they realize they're late. And so they go through the barrier. And at one point, one of the, I imagine it was one of the twins. I don't know. Oh, it was James. Of course it was James. Yeah. Oh, James. Told him that if they didn't concentrate right. Instead of going through platform nine and three quarters, they go into platform nine and a half and get on the train that's straight to Azkaban. <laughs> but thankfully, Harry overheard that and set them straight. Uh, that kid. And so. I don't think you can take a train to Azkaban. No, you can't. Could you imagine? No. So they're, they're getting ready to speed walk through the wall because that's the way you do it. Mm. And he's through to the fresh pure air, well, as fresh and pure as it was on the other side. Yeah. And there's lots of people uh, around, and he sees, you know, different people. He sees Draco Malfoy, and there's there's a blue-haired kid down the way that could only be Teddy and Harry. So, from the a- description of things, this is the scene we see in the epilogue. Yes, because Harry's having a quiet word with Albus. But... So Sarah was six in the last chapter. Mm-hmm. So it's been five years. Well, Dudley's or Dustin's like on his almost last year, second to last or last year. Okay, yeah. So so he's like three years young. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he asked Dustin if he's ready, if he has any special requests. He says no, but if I think of any, I'll I'll let you know. And he says Sarah, and she says I'm going to be all right, Daddy. I think. All right, Daddy, I'll be all right. Yeah. You know, letters. You can send me a letter whenever you can. You think of me whenever you want, and I'll send you a letter whenever something happens or at least once a week. <laughs> at the rate they're going, something is bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, she says, well, Dustin will nag me until I, I write. And Dustin's like, only if you're in Hufflepuff. And she's like, ow, you know I will be. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And then the train Pulls out and Dudley's wiping away a tear, but he blames it on the steam. Kate says, that's my man. And yeah. So Sarah gets up and she's uh, looking for Dustin's offered to let her sit with him, but that's not good. And she finds Albus and says, can I come in and sit? And Albus says, yeah, that's fine. Rose is there too. And they thought for sure that Victoire or Dominique were going to come in. No, of course not. Victoria would have nothing to do with this lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sarah's like, the seat isn't taken. And he says, well, James said he'd come later, but he only needs one seat. So you can have the other one. And she sits down next to 
Albus because they've been friends forever, you know. Yeah. And what do you guys have planned for the train ride? And Albus like, I don't know. I'm going to have some sweets and then I guess <laughs> we're going to talk. And there's a newspaper that uh, I think Rose pulls out and it says, so what do you think of this Glasgow fiend fire? And dun, dun, dun. We end. <laughs> but if you're interested in the second one, it takes up right after this. And as I recall, it's pretty good and I'm pretty sure it's finished. I don't remember it not being so, uh, yeah, I, I recommend that if you liked this story, you go and, and read the next one, too. And we will hopefully be having um, the author commenting along the way as we, we do this. I heard from him today, so I'll be sending him podcasts along the way once we get them edited so that he can. Oh, look yeah, at this was fun. It's not even 8 o'clock yet. We did good. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost 11 my time. It's an interesting story. And once we found out that the author was so young when he wrote it, and also to have a male author, because there are not a lot of male authors out there. So it's kind of neat to be able to have covered this story. Yeah. And, yeah, there's there's things here and there that are a little off. There's some spelling typos and stuff like that. I know in one of these chapters he was like, I have mono, and so just forgive the typos. <laughs> so he had yeah. things going on, and he had school and, and finals. Mooney totally understands that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that's why I haven't touched my fic in two years, <laughs> literally. So, you know, I have nothing but uh, respect for authors that can run something this long together. I mean, this is 31 chapters. I do good to get a one-shot put together. Yeah. And, you know, the author even admits that at the beginning there wasn't a lot of plot, but he had this idea and he just needed to get to this spot. And he's got an idea that goes on from here. And I would say that the writing improved as we went along. So, uh, you know, and I, I liked the premise. I liked the idea of seeing Dudley... Friends with Harry, because we know we know from canon that they never quite became friends, but that... Christmas card relatives. Yeah. Dudley had a, a respect, anyhow. And so it's kind of neat to see. And I like the idea of Dudley having magical children and embracing them rather than shuttling them off to Harry to raise. So Yeah. Which was the fic we did last time. So I guess we'll just say, do you have anything else to say about it? It was nice to see sort of a more fleshed out, you know, next gen, because mm-hmm. we're so used to focusing on Harry's family and all the shenanigans that happened with them. Right. Getting to see the wider world. And, you know, if if what happened at the Dursleys was exciting, Hogwarts must have been damn boring when Dustin was <laughs> <there>. Yeah. <laughs> So, but apparently now that Albus is there, stuff's going to start happening again. Mm-hmm. So Albus and Sarah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, but, but it's Albus who kicks off cursed child. Right. But it's, it's Sarah that kicks off the second one of these. True. True. That's true. So the second one is Sarah Dursley and the fiend fire scourge. Sarah Dursley, daughter of Dudley is ready for an exciting first year at Hogwarts. However, a mysterious outbreak of destructive and mysterious fires and the conniving of an obsessed head girl may force her 
to disturb her bliss to save the school. It's only 20 chapters. It is complete. That's what I thought. Okay. So. Can't this family catch a break? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> oh. But there you have it. It was, you know, like I said, it was fun. It's a fun little story. I know that there are parts that have typos or gender reversals with the that I pick up just because I'm listening to it on the text reader. I think most readers, unless they're really reading looking for it, wouldn't see it. Mm. But overall, it works. Yeah. And it's interesting it's to see, you know, I like to cook, so it was fun to see the cooking parts and and you know it just it was fun it's fun to see oh yeah we're gonna make things with pixie honey now and (laughs) and stuff like that i'm just trying to imagine pixies and honey and i don't think they would give it up very easily no probably not (laughs) probably not so all right well shall we say good night all right good night good night we will see you next time for how mooney got his eye it's a little one shot. And it should be an interesting story. You said Moody, right? Because it totally sounded like Moody. No, Moody. How and Moody now I'm, got I'm, I'm imagine, and now I'm imagining Professor Lupin's son's eye. <laughs> I thought maybe you were thinking of your son, your eye. No, you well. Got your eye fixed. <laughs> that was a saga. Yeah, I know. Moody was, was lucky he didn't lose an eye. I know. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Night, everybody. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.